welcome to episode 12 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I use a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates, and then spend a few minutes talking about what makes that object so scientifically important. So let's run the random number generator. The coordinates this episode are 16 hours, 10 minutes, 1.0 seconds right ascension, and plus 54 degrees, 30 minutes, 36 seconds declination. This points to a location in the constellation Draco called Elase N1. Elase N1 is not exactly a single astronomical object or even a cluster of astronomical objects, but instead it is one of many extragalactic deep fields that astronomers have observed very intensely in the past 25 years. So before I get into discussing Elase N1, let me take a couple minutes to talk about what deep fields are in astronomy. The most famous of these deep fields is the Hubble Deep Field. Back in 1995, the Hubble Space Telescope pointed at what seemed like a relatively blank part of the sky for an incredible 10 days. This blank part of sky is located outside the plane of the Milky Way, so it contains almost no bright stars or other objects from our own galaxy, and it also contains no nearby galaxies that people already knew about. The observations revealed a population of faint galaxies at a distance of billions of light years that changed astronomers' perception of what galaxies were like when the universe was younger and how those galaxies have evolved over time. The successfulness of using the Hubble Deep Field observations to find distant galaxies led other astronomers to try to identify other relatively blank parts of the sky so that they too could point other telescopes at those blank areas for insanely long periods of time. This sounds like the astronomical equivalent of watching paint dry, but the results are usually much more scientifically important. Elase N1 is one of the areas that was initially defined for such deep field observations with the Infrared Space Observatory, or ISO. This was an infrared space telescope that operated from 1995 to 1998. The name Elase, which I hope I'm pronouncing properly, is an acronym that stands for European Large Area ISO Survey. The people who developed this survey won an award for placing an acronym within an acronym from the International Astronomical Union in the year 2000. The focus of this survey was to observe mid-infrared and far-infrared emission from very distant galaxies. Most of this emission would come from interstellar dust that absorbs ultraviolet and visible light from stars within these galaxies and then re-radiates the energy as infrared light. One of the major complicating issues with observing infrared emission from interstellar dust in distant galaxies is that the Milky Way galaxy also contains interstellar dust that produces the same type of infrared emission. 
The astronomers using ISO wanted to avoid our galaxy's dust emission, so they chose a place in the sky where data from earlier low-resolution infrared all-sky surveys showed that there was very little foreground dust. This meant that the survey would point to locations outside the plane of the Milky Way. The solar system also contains a ring of dust called zodiacal dust that orbits the Sun at about the same distance as the Earth from the Sun and that produces a lot of mid-infrared emission. The astronomers using ISO wanted to avoid this dust, so they chose locations outside the plane of the solar system as well. The observers also avoided any really bright infrared sources that were already well known, as these sources could saturate ISO's detectors, and they made some adjustments to their field selection based on some concerns about the telescope's observing schedule. The resulting survey consisted of 11 separate fields. Alais N1 is one of the three large fields located in the northern half of the sky, which is why it has the designation N1. The original size of the field was 2.0 degrees by 1.3 degrees. For reference, the Sun and the Moon, as seen from Earth, are both half a degree in diameter, so Elias N1 is about four times as wide as the Moon and slightly less than three times as tall. The ISO observations found thousands of galaxies in the infrared images of all of the Elias fields. The data from ISO were compared to models of how the universe evolves, and one of the key results, which I personally found to be one of the more interesting results from all of the observations of Elias and one, is that more stars were forming in galaxies when the universe was about half the age that it is today. Since the observations by ISO, other infrared space telescopes, including the Spitzer Space Telescope, ACARI, and the Herschel Space Observatory, have since observed LACE N1. The field has also been observed in X-rays, visible light, and radio waves. Some of these surveys covered larger areas than the original LACE N1 field, and some of these follow-up observations have identified tens of thousands of galaxies in LACE N1. The data from both ISO and these other telescopes have led to the publication of a lot of papers, and I'm not going to try to summarize them all. However, one of the results seemed to stand out to me when I looked at all the papers that had been published. The earliest Spitzer Space Telescope observations of the LACE M1 indicated that more than half of the galaxies seen in this field at mid-infrared wavelengths are luminous infrared galaxies. These are typically either galaxies where a lot of stars are forming all at once, and the interstellar dust absorbs all of this light and produces a lot of excess infrared emission. They could also be galaxies that contain an active galactic nucleus where gas is falling into a supermassive black hole and getting very hot and producing a lot of various forms of electromagnetic radiation, including a lot of infrared emission, or these galaxies could be some combination of both of these things. If you were to go outside our galaxy and away from it, as well as away from any other nearby galaxies, and then take a look around, 
most of the galaxies that you would see at infrared wavelengths would be these luminous infrared galaxies that we see in the LACE N1. So that was a brief summary of LACE N1. There are literally hundreds of papers written about this field if you're interested in more information. The position on the Earth's surface corresponding to the location of LACE N1 in the sky is a large swath of forested land in west-central Alberta and Canada. The original LACE N1 field is 2 degrees wide, and 2 degrees on the Earth's surface covers a really, really large area, so a large portion of Alberta northwest of Edmonton falls under this extragalactic deep field. The center of Alaise M1 corresponds to a partly forested area between roads AB40 and AB43. If you look at satellite images of the area, you can see a lot of patches of the forest that have been clear-cut, and this is why I refer to the area as partly forested. We could get into a discussion about the ecological, economic, and political issues surrounding clear-cutting, but in this podcast, I would like to avoid anything polarizing that does not involve light from astronomical objects. If you prefer discussions about the astronomical version of polarization, you can visit the website for this podcast at www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those objects, and send me random feedback. I also, at this point in time, just want to make a correction to episode 10. In that episode, I said that the position of Abel 85 corresponds to a location in Nigeria on the Earth's surface, but I mixed up my northern and southern hemispheres on the Earth. Abel 85 actually corresponds to a location in the Atlantic Ocean, about 300 kilometers off the coast of Angola, near the city of Luanda. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de, which is distributed by filmmusic.io under a CC 4.0 attribution license. The sound effects are from the Freesounds Project at www.freesounds.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>